completes it all right there. But uh, I'm telling you what, uh, God is good and uh, he is all the time blessing us. Uh, I was just talking to the brother the other day, he was, or yesterday, that he has given us things we don't deserve. You know, he has given us so much, and it's hard to, sometimes you take a step back and wonder, why on earth would God bless me so much? It's just beyond uh, my imagination. Not only would he die for me, but he loves me, and he blesses me continually. That's a good God, and I'm thankful for that. But we're going to be in Romans uh, chapter 6, the very last verse. We're just going to read the one verse and uh, just uh, ask God to bless this. But a uh, very familiar verse right here. This should not. Uh, I'm telling you what, if this is the first time you've heard this here, uh, I'd be wondering, I'd have your ears checked because this uh, verse comes out a lot. But Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'll read it again. For the wages of sin is death, but... The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, we thank you today for bringing us in one more time. Yeah. We thank you for watching over us, for Lord, for letting us praise you today, Lord, because you're worthy of it. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to preach this morning. Lord, help our ears and our minds and our hearts to listen to what you have. Lord, push off any distractions, Lord, anything else in our minds, and let us focus just for this brief amount of time. Lord, use me today, but help me to get out of the way, Lord, that so you can get all the glory. Open up the altar today. Save a soul. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name, and amen. amen. So we see right here, uh, the wage, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And as I said, this verse gets quoted so often in sermons. It is a very popular one. It's in the Romans roadmap. If you've never heard of that, when you're yeah. explaining salvation to someone, there's a handful of verses in Romans that uh, make it a little easier to explain. And this is one of those verses uh, to help lead somebody. But I, I was really thinking about the first part of the verse. What what does it really mean when it says, for the wages of sin is death? What does that really mean? I, I, I was thinking about that. What We live in a world where I don't know if you realize this, but everybody and everything dies eventually. Right there, uh, death is a—it's a painful thing. It, it's an awful thing. Uh, but it—it's it, uh, when, especially when someone close to us passes away. But it's also a normal thing. Really, it is. It's a—it's a part of life. We have new life begins, and 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 and, and other life ends. And 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 you know, you think about well, it seems kind of weird to call it normal. But let me ask you this question: If someone lived and never died, would that be normal? No. No, it wouldn't. That would be strange. That would be something that doesn't. So you think of death being a normal part of our lives, but then ask yourself why? Why is death a normal part of our lives? Why is it something we've said that's normal? Uh, and the Bible says it right here, the wages. Well, what's wages? It's what you get paid, the payday, right? The wages of sin. So the payday for committing sin is death. Before Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, do you realize they were going to live forever? They were not going to die. Uh, and that's just not my opinion. Genesis 2.17, uh, this is God speaking to them, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Death was not a part of their life until they sinned against God. 
And God would explain to them that it would happen if they disobeyed him. And again, uh, disobedience is another word for sin or a type of sin. Uh, But they would surely die. Now, here's what Satan keyed in on, right? The serpent, he was saying, well, you're you're not going to immediately die. Right? You're, you're not just going to fall over dead as soon as you do it. No, but death would enter in and you would no longer live forever. That's what happened in Genesis chapter 3. So the Bible says that sin and death are connected. Right? There's a connection there. For the wages of sin is death are connected. And if we know that death is normal and everyone's going to die, you know what that tells me? If everyone's going to die, everyone has sin. Right? They're connected. You can't separate them. And that's why Romans 3.23, this is another one in the Romans roadmap. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you realize some people don't believe that. Some people don't, they don't believe that I have sinned against God. That they don't, you know, I have not done something against God. Well, the Bible takes care of that too. 1 John 1, 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So sin and death are connected. And if you think you've never sinned, uh, uh, then you are deceived. That's what the Bible says. But here's the thing. If you truly think you've never sinned, you shouldn't be afraid to die because you can't die. Right? They're connected. That's what the Bible says. They're connected. You can't pull them apart. If you're sinless and the wages of sin is death, it's impossible for you to die. And you think about, well, that sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? When you say, when you, when you put it that way, it seems strange. But then in 1 Peter 2.22, it's talking about Jesus said he did no sin. Neither was guile found in his mouth. 2 Corinthians 5.21, Jesus knew no sin. And over and over again, we realize Jesus never sinned. And if he never sinned, there's no wages to collect. There's no payday. There's no death. Right? Are you with me? Is it making sense or am I going too fast? You got to help me out. Am I going too quick or whatever? You realize they tried to kill Jesus over and over again in the Gospels. They wanted to before the cross. He was in his hometown, remember, of Nazareth. An angry mob was mad about what he said. In Luke chapter 4, they were mad about him uh, claiming to be the Messiah, that uh, uh, the verse was fulfilled today, that he was uh, in their ears. They were mad about that. They uh, grabbed, the mob grabbed Jesus, took him up to the cliff, and they were about ready to throw him over. They were going to kill Jesus Christ. And you think about the angry mob, there was nothing that could be done to stop him. But in Luke 4, 4 verse 30 it says but he Jesus passing through the midst of them went his way he walked right through the crowd that was just carrying to the, the cop to the top of the cliff he walked through them as if they were nothing yeah yes. right John eight fifty eight. Jesus told the scribes and the Pharisees he said this verily verily I say unto you before Abraham was I am And when he said that, they picked up stones because they were going to stone him. They were going to kill him for that because he was claiming to be God. Oh, but what happened in verse 58 or a few verses later, going through the midst of them, so passed by. Again, what did he do? They all had stones. They were going to stone him and he walks right out of there. What happened? What happened? John 10, verse 39, they're trying to stone him again, but he escaped out of their hand. Yet again. And then you think, well, that's people, Mike. What else? Remember the Sea of Galilee? The Sea of Galilee, the storm was raging. 
Two different times. One time Jesus is asleep in the, in the back of the boat. He's sleeping during the storm. And then the other time the disciples are on their own, uh, uh, you know, trying to row and get to shore in the midst of a big storm. And Jesus is walking on the water. Do you realize the Sea of Galilee and all its storm and everything else could not drown Jesus? Because he'd never sinned. And the wages of sin is death. And it was not his time to die yet. And it would have been awful awkward if they'd have thrown a whole bunch of stones and he never died. But he couldn't have died. He had no sin. And the wages of sin is death. Stick with me. Then you should ask this question. How did he die on the cross if he was sinless? Right? How did he do that? He shouldn't have died. Oh, but listen to this. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he, Jesus, hath made, or for God, for he hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that he may be, uh, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And then 1 Peter 2.24 Who his own self bear our sins in his body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye are healed. We talked about this the other night. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's there in agony, mental torture, because why? He's getting to face the full punishment of our sins. He's going to bear the the shame and the disgrace of sin. And he accepted that night the role of being sacrificed. He agreed to drink the cup of God's wrath uh, for all of the sins of the world. And there in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's in mental anguish, right? Remember, it's like being squeezed in that. uh, I was teaching and I used the computer to show a picture. Uh, they had olive presses back then and they would use weights and a lever and they would crush that olive, uh, all of them to get the, the oil to come out. And that word Gethsemane means olive press. And there's Jesus is. It's the, in the garden of the olive press basically is what we call it. And there his mind is being squeezed by what? The weight of our sin. But he agreed to do it. He agreed to do it that day. That night, he agreed to die for our sins on the cross. And in fact, the agony was so great. Dr. Luke tells us that the blood vessels broke and the sweat and the blood, uh, that blood got mixed in with the sweat, that there was great drops of blood. Jesus was crushed that night by the weight of our sin. And then you go forward and you think about he did that for us. But he took our sins. That's what the Bible says. Who his own self, his body, bear our sins on the tree. He didn't didn't, uh, become a sinner. He took the sins on him to die for our sins. And then uh, we talked about again recently, Jesus standing before Pilate. And Pilate said three different times, three different ways that he couldn't find any fault in Jesus. That he was innocent. But remember, Pilate was a judge, but he was also a governor. He was also a politician, and he wanted to try to appease the Jews to keep peace in the province and everything else. And he tried to use a tradition. And I want to talk about this for a minute. Mark fifteen six. Now at the feast, he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever they desired. And it was the Passover. The Romans had this tradition. They would set one of the prisoners free, whoever the Jews chose, to try to again keep the peace. And see, Pilate had Jesus on one side, and he had declared him innocent. He was hoping that the Jews would pick Jesus and release him, and this whole mess would be over with. That's what Pilate wanted. He wanted to get out of all of it. 
But the crowd had a different choice that day. The angry mob uh, fueled by the chief priests and the Pharisees, they wanted Barabbas. And we don't know a lot about Barabbas. We don't have a lot of information in the Bible, but we do know three things. He was a robber. He incited a riot, or really he was trying to not just a riot, he was trying to overthrow the Roman government. And he was also uh, he robber, overthrow, and a murderer. He had murdered somebody in the midst of that. And there he was convicted and guilty of those crimes. So what's he doing? Uh, there is, uh, you've got the innocent man, Jesus, on one side, and then you've got the guilty man, Barabbas, on the other. Who should go free? And that crowd chooses Barabbas, the guilty. And they want Jesus to be crucified. And Pilate goes along with the mob's decision. And usually we think of that story from Jesus' perspective. But I was thinking about Barabbas for a second. Again, we don't have a lot of information yeah. about him. Yeah. Uh, we can't tell a hugely detailed story. If you hear a big story about him, it's kind of it's made up. They've just kind of made it up. But we do know a few things. Again, Barabbas had been tried and found guilty of all three of those things, of the crimes. In fact, the Holy Spirit's telling us he's guilty too in the Bible. So he's in prison there at the Antonian Fortress, the same place uh, that Jesus is standing there at the pavement to be judged by Pilate. That same fortress he's in prison with. And you know what Barabbas is doing? He's sitting on death row. That's where he was at. Every one of his crimes had the death penalty. He murdered somebody. He was trying to overthrow Rome, and he was a thief. You're saying, Mike, would they murder a thief? Yeah, two of them on either side of Jesus. Three different counts he had. So there he was, waiting. What was he waiting on? The day they would come and get him out of death row. And what were they going to do with him? The same thing they did with Jesus and every other criminal, right? They would have taken him out. They would have taken his clothes off. They would have beat him with the whips. Uh, and sometimes that killed the person. The blood would be flowing off. Uh, the, the, the flesh would be all tore up so you could see the bones in the person's back. And then after that flogging, uh, they would have nailed him to a cross, Barabbas. And he, there he would have been doing the same thing Jesus was doing in the thieves, right? Uh, pulling himself up through the nail and the pain uh, uh, and then taking a breath and then letting down to exhale and doing that over and over again for hours and even days until the person died. The Romans liked it because it dissuaded anyone else from doing that stuff. Imagine if you saw like a road like this. Imagine they were several crosses down the road and over top the cross they would have put the why that person was dying. A traitor, a thief, Right? That's what they would have put on the signs. So if you're traveling down the road, imagine seeing those people crying out and hearing them scream or, or cry out and seeing the pain and everything else and then seeing thief on there. You're not going to steal. Or seeing an insurrection as someone that wanted to overthrow Rome. You're going to think twice about it because you don't want to die like that. He knew that someday the day was going to come. Right? Any day. Not knowing, waiting on death row. But then that day, maybe he heard the mob outside. Maybe he heard what they were shouting. We don't know, probably not. But I do know one thing. The Roman guards came to his cell that day, right? They came to get him. And he's probably thinking, this is the day I'm going to die. This is the day they're going to put me on a cross like I've seen so many else die. And here's the thing. 
We don't have a lot of details about Barabbas again, but I guarantee that he would have been shocked that day to hear the Roman soldiers, the very Roman government he had tried to overthrow and had murdered somebody in the process, probably a Roman soldier he murdered in the middle of this, say you're free to go, right? That's what happened. The mob chose Barabbas to go. And again, we think of Jesus, but but Barabbas that day, uh, he was allowed to go. They set him free. And as he's leaving the fortress, he could have seen Jesus being whipped, right? And seen Jesus being carried to the cross. We don't know how much he saw. We don't know any of those things, but we know that he was set free and Jesus Christ died in this place. We know that. We don't know anything else about the rest of his life. We don't know. People try to guess whether he came to Christ or not. And the Bible doesn't tell us. And really, I would say it it doesn't matter because of this. Barabbas represents every one of us. Right? What was he? He was found guilty. Right? His crime, the punishment that was due was death. What did we talk about in the beginning? For the wages of sin is death. Every one of us has sinned against God. None of us have lived a perfect life. And if you think for a second that you've lived a a great life or anything else, I would say that you need to get to the Bible and see what a sin is. If you're lying, that's a sin. One lie your entire life and you're not living a perfect life. That's it. Not just a day or two, your whole life. No cheating. No stealing. Right? And, and no saying something wrong, no cursing God, not, no lying, no blaspheming out of your mouth. Uh, and then you think, well, you know, I act pretty good and my mouth's pretty good. What about your mind? No lust, right? No evil thoughts, none of it. That's all sin. You and I sin every day. Yeah. All day. Right? Aren't you glad he died for our sins? But if he wouldn't have, we deserve death. The wages of sin is death. But there's Barabbas gotten to go free. But he had to make the same choice that day that all of us have to make. I'm sure somebody, he at least figured out what was going on that day. Maybe not that day, but maybe later he realized who Jesus was and realized that the crowd chose him instead of Jesus. Not because they really liked him, they hated Jesus. So he's walking free. So the guilty gets to walk free, gets a pardon, and the innocent dies. And every one of us have had that happen with Jesus Christ. We're guilty We got to go free, and he died. But then the question is, what do you do with Jesus? Barabbas had to choose. Am I going to trust in Jesus Christ? Remember, one of the thieves did. He called him Lord. When you enter into your kingdom, he's talking to a dying man. When you enter into your kingdom, remember me. That's faith. Calls him Lord. Calls out to him, trusts him, knows that he's going to live again. And he says, remember me. And Jesus says he would, right? This day shall thou be with me in paradise. Not later, today, for the day's over with. Both you and I, I'll remember you. So one, one of the thieves on the cross chose Jesus, but I don't know what Barabbas did, but he had to make a choice. Are we going to surrender to Jesus? We have to make that choice. Are we going to give our life to him? 
Are we going to call on his name for forgiveness of sins? Are we going to accept his sacrifice? Or are we just going to walk away? Because what Barabbas could have done is just walk away, be happy that he got a new chance on life, and forget Jesus ever existed after that and not care. You're thinking, man, that's pretty cold. You know what else is cold? Anyone that chooses to reject Jesus Christ or put him off or, or ignore the cross, anyone that's heard the gospel and says, you know what, maybe later, maybe a more convenient season, uh, I just want to live my life right now or whatever, you're just as cold as Barabbas. You've got a chance for not only a new lease on life, uh, not only will he make you a new creature and give you another chance in this life, what's it say? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Christ. He's given us all of this, but the question is, who will you choose today? Will you choose yourself or will you choose Jesus Christ? Well, we'll go back to the skeptic. Well, how do we don't just know Jesus didn't just die because they didn't like him? found himself on the wrong side of a political problem, right? Made the Jews mad. He was bad for business when he cleared the money changers out of the temple. Whatever reason you want to give for why they didn't like him and why they wanted dead. And you think, well, he died, right? Death is normal. That's what we talked about in the beginning, right? It's normal for people to die. Uh, so why are we claiming that Jesus's death is any different, right? Why, why do we say that? Why do we, why do, many men have died. Many good men have died. But why are we always pointing to one man, Jesus Christ, who died? Why are we always coming back to him? Isn't it normal that people die? Well, 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that Jesus' death would have been in vain. And we would still be sinners. And our faith would be in vain if one detail was missing. You want to know what it is? 1 Corinthians 15, 17. And if Christ be not raised... Your faith is in vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then Romans 1, 4. And declared to be the son of God with power. According to the spirit of holiness. By the resurrection from the dead. You know what that tells me? Uh, that You know there there's people that say. Well his death doesn't mean much. He was a good man. He was a prophet. But he died and it's over. But I'll remind you that three days after he died. After he was buried in Joseph's borrowed tomb. That was new. Uh, the women were, were ready to go finish anointing his body. They, they couldn't do it on Saturday. That was a holy day. So they had to wait till Sunday morning. And before it set dawn, the angel rolled the stone away. Again, not so Jesus could get out, but so we could look in and solve the women's problem. They weren't sure how the stone, how they were going to get it moved. They had all their spices. They look inside and the tomb is empty because Jesus had risen from the dead. And that's what we're saying right there for the wages of sin is death but again how did he raise from the dead because he was sinless and his death was a sacrifice for our sins so once the sacrifice was paid once it was complete once the blood was shed for our sins it was accepted by God the father Hebrews talks about him taking the blood up to heaven on the heavenly mercy seat and applying it there and once all of that was completed uh, he came back and why do we know that God accepted it why do we know that his death wasn't just any other death because he rose from the dead. The fact that he's alive yeah. tells me that nothing is normal that happened that day. He wasn't a normal man, and what he did wasn't normal. That's 
He's alive. Our faith is not in vain. Praise God. We're not still in our sins if you trusted in Jesus Christ. And we have a real hope for those that have left for a resurrection in the dead. of uh, The dead resurrecting in Jesus Christ. So you put your trust in him today. You ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. The Bible says that one day this world's coming to an end. And at times when I look around, I say, can it be quicker, right? Get me out of here, Lord. But one day, for those of us that are saved, that have trusted in Jesus Christ, we've got a better day coming. We've got a glorious future. And then Romans 21, after talking about a new heaven and a new earth, and God dwelling with us, John tells us something. He says this in Revelation 21, 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, neither any cry, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And if he says there's no more death, and if the Bible says the wages of sin is death, then that tells me something. There's no more sin anymore. Right? He is going to create a new heaven and a new earth that have never been touched by the curse of sin and never will. And guess what? It's going to be populated with people that are sinless. Why do we do that? If all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, you got to go to Jesus Christ to get your sins forgiven. No sin. No death. I can't even imagine a place like that. You're thinking, Mike, oh... You know, we we think about heaven, uh, a new earth, it's going to look pretty much like this one. No, it's not. Take away all the death out of this earth. Take away the curse. We have no idea what this thing would look like. No clue. Anything that would kill is gone. What a place. What a savior. But one day we're going to experience it. But then I'll kind of miss, kind of, haven't touched on really the last part of the verse. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God. Is eternal life. Yeah. Through Jesus Christ. Our Lord. Amen. Right? But again. You have to make a choice. Barabbas had to make a choice. Everyone before us has had to make a choice. Everyone on this earth today has to make a choice. Everyone in this sanctuary has to make a choice. What are you going to do with Jesus when it comes to your sin? All have sinned and the wages of sin is death. And you walk in any of these cemeteries and some people live a long time, but some just live for a few days, a few years, and then everything in between. You have no idea. The Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment. The problem is you don't know when that appointment is. You don't know what it is, but you have to be ready. Because the decision you make in this life tells what will happen in the next life. That's it. You can't trust in Jesus after you die. Oh, you'll say he's real. You'll bow down to him. You'll know he's Lord. You'll know he's God. You'll know he's holy. You'll know he's righteous. But it will be too late. The rich man in hell lifted up his eyes being in torment. And he never asked once to switch places. He said, warn my brethren that they won't come to this wicked place. What about you today?
You're saying, Mike, I don't know if I believe that. Well, do you believe in death? Right? Do we see people dying? Yeah. Does it hurt? Painful? Losing people? Some expected, but many unexpected. It hurts. Death is everywhere. It affects every part of our life. But, you know, a lot of times this world tries to ignore it, but they can't. The reason death is here is because of sin. But aren't you glad he paid for our sin? If you're saved today, praise God. We need to thank him once again for salvation. And then renew to him. Lord, you gave it all for me. Help me to give it all back to you. That's what we need to do. There's nothing he hasn't given to us yet. And he's got so much more in store. What a God. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. As we get a song this morning. What a God. What a God. The wages of sin is death. But I think it was Clovis maybe. Somebody I heard a long time ago said, but you don't have to pick up the check. You don't have to pick up the paycheck. You can get your sins forgiven. I don't know who this is to today. But this is the gospel. This is the truth. It's things like this. That the world doesn't want to hear. But we've got to tell them before it's too late. So maybe there's someone in your mind that's lost. Maybe you want to bring that name to the altar and pray for them one more time. And say, Lord, open up their heart. Touch their heart today. Because they need Jesus. As she sings, whether you need saved today or whether you want to pray for someone, I urge you to come.